Revelation chapter 12 and verse 12 brings some understanding to what we are facing today. And so I ask you to turn with me there to Revelation 12 and 12. I believe we also may have it on the screen. Let me just say quickly also that uh, for all of those who have iPhones and smartphones and all of that, you can go to Uversion and uh, pull up there uh, 25510 and you can get all of the scriptures and the notes from today, okay? Revelation chapter 12 and verse 12, he said, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the Lord has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. I said the Lord, didn't I? I was wrong. The devil. (laughs) It's the upside of it. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Then when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Hallelujah. There's a lot of things that we could talk about there, but I want to just look this morning. For all of those who have ever played in sports and been active in some type of sport activity, and been on the losing team, you, you may understand what I'm trying to relate here this morning because there's something about I've been on the winning team and I've been on the losing team. I've been on a team where that the only game that we won is when the opponent didn't show up. And then I've been on state championship team. And I can tell you that winning's a whole lot better than losing. But there was something about even though we had not won a game the entire year, there was something about there was a time whenever we realized we weren't going to the championship, we weren't going into the playoffs, that we had lost. And there was a shift in our mentality that simply said, we don't have nothing to lose. And because we didn't have nothing to lose, we just went crazy. I mean... They didn't know what was going to happen because the fact of it was we didn't have nothing to lose, so we went out there and we did crazy things. We played defense like, you know, like nobody knew what was going on. We tried crazy uh, uh, plays because we didn't have nothing to lose. And I want to tell you, there's something about whenever you, you feel that you're on a losing side that causes you to play at another level. And I believe this is what we are facing today. We know that the devil was crushed upon Calvary. He was rendered defeated and helpless, but yet he knows that his time is is gone. His time is running short. And so he is trying in every way that he can to try to create a, a, a viewpoint that he somehow has victory. He is doing everything that he can in this last day because he knows that he's a loser. And so he's going to go after you. He's going to go after I. He's going to go after every one of us today to try to bring us down because he knows his time is short. Amen. That's what your enemy is doing. Even though he is already defeated, foe, he is trying to bring us to a place that we think that we are defeated. Amen. The closer that you cut, the time comes to the revelation that he really is defeated, 
that he's not the devil of Spielberg, that he's not the enemy that is greater than you and I, but that the revelation comes to the body of Christ and unto this world, he really is already defeated and we have stood in a place of victory. I'm telling you that he is going to rage even greater and greater to try to bring you down. But what you must understand and be careful about the greatest opponent in your life is that when you will never face anyone that is a greater enemy or a greater foe than the one who has nothing to lose. That's that's where we are right now. The enemy has nothing to lose. His time is short and he is rising with great fury to show himself as great. Amen. What I want to encourage you today is don't help your enemy defeat you. Don't help your enemy defeat you. First Peter 5 and 8 said, Be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is walking about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. If the enemy could have his way, he would devour everyone in his path. But the word of the Lord speaks to us and says everyone is not devourable. I know it isn't a proper term, so nobody send me any emails, but you get the point, right? I made that word up, devourable. I looked it up. That's the reason I know it's not a word. (laughs) But it is today, right? The enemy... It's not able to devour just whoever he wants to. But the Bible said he is seeking whom he may devour. Amen. So what I want to know is what keeps me from being devourable. Amen. I know that greater is he that is in me than the world that has come against me. I know that he has caused us to be raised up and seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. But I also know that there is far too many that are falling prey to the enemy in this last day. And we must equip ourselves for the battle that we are presently in. Amen. The Bible teaches us that we must stand. So I want to ask the question today, where do, if if it is true that this enemy is going around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, what will cause me not to be devourable? There's a couple of things I want to share with you. First, I want to ask the question, where do lions feed? Where do lions feed? Because if he is going around like a roaring lion, if that's the picture of the enemy, then I need to ask myself, where is it that these lions feed at? Right? So, number one, lions feed in invested territory that is ignored. Whenever there is an invested area or a territory that lions have uh, came into, It is in that place that they feed. In other words, there is, whenever you see somebody that is being attacked, you know, on these national geographics, or you study about the lions, those who get attacked by lions are those who ignore where they are, or they are ignorant of where they are. The truth of it is, is they have come into 
this invested territory by this prey. And now because of either their ignorance or ignoring where they are, they become prey to the lion. Are you with me? You become easy prey to your enemy when you ignore where you are. How many know that there are warning signs of danger? You know, you don't have to be real uh, outdoors person to be able to look down and see a track, right, of something that's real big and you wonder, what's in this place? Where, what's in this area? You, you, begin, you begin to look around and you see a carcass that is laying beside uh, uh, the way. Uh, half devoured and something has torn it apart, you understand that there is something of great uh, magnitude and strength that is in that location. Amen. And I want to say that when we as Christians, if you will, as use the scenario this morning, as we as Christians, as we look around us and we see the, the enemy, the, those who have fallen prey to the enemy, those who once served God with joy and gladness, but now have departed from the way of the faith. Those who once was worshiping God with their whole heart and serving Him to the best of their ability, but today the enemy has taken them out and we see their spiritual carcass, if you will, laying along the way. I'm sure that each and every one of us here this morning knows somebody who served the Lord with gladness and today are walking afar from God. But I want you to know today that the Bible tells us that we don't have to be prey to the enemy, but we some, sometimes we become easy prey because we're just flippant about the signs around us. Whenever we no longer have a hunger for the things of God, when we no longer desire to read the Scripture, when we no longer uh, begin to say, God, I need you in my heart, I need you in my life, Whenever we, we don't want to hear the praise songs and we don't want to hear the word and we don't want to have fellowship with our brothers and sisters, I want to tell you it is vital, it's signs to us that we are in dangerous territory. Amen. Whenever you don't have a hunger to worship, when you don't have a desire to know more about God, when there is the passion is out of your life, that is when, when we ignore those signs. We are becoming easy prey for the enemy. Amen. That's the reason that Peter said be sober. Sober being sober is having to do with the attitude of understanding. That doesn't mean that you don't have fun and enjoy life. But there is an underlining awareness that there is a real enemy that is surrounding you. That we don't just go through life and life is just happy and free and at the end uh, something happens to us. But we come to an understanding that, yeah, we enjoy life to the fullest, but we are still have an underlining understanding that there is an enemy that is trying to take us out. He also said be vigilant. Vigilant is an attitude that results from understanding. The attitude that is consistent resistance to your enemy. Resist the devil, and he shall flee from you. Amen. I want to tell you today that we must raise up a resistance against our adversary. We don't have to allow him into our life every time just because he comes around. 
We don't have to give in to everything that he throws our way. But we can come to an understanding that the word of God is great in our life. That we can come to an understanding that we are going to stand against the wiles of the enemy. And that God is going to give us the victory on every hand. Amen. Resist the devil. You see, we have to have a resistance. Be wise as serpents, but be harmless as doves. The best way that you can overcome and and fight your enemy is understand how your enemy wars. Don't be ignorant of the enemy's devices. Huh? Come on. Don't be ignorant of the enemy's devices. If the enemy has used something against you over and over again and it has taken you down, then why, why not resist it? Why not build up a standard in that area to say that I'm, I'm going to be aware of this. I'm going to get some scripture. I'm going to get the word of God. I'm going to apply it to my life in this area. And if he comes back knocking again, instead of a door, he's going to find a wall because God's grace, his word, and his strength is built up a resistance in that area. Amen. You see, if he's going to take you down again, it ought to be in a greater level and it ought to be somewhere different than where he's taken you down before. Amen? Don't be just settling and letting this thing go around the mountain again. This thing of every six months going through this same pattern. Huh? This same consistent pattern where they get the victory, go to the mountain, only to go back down again, get the victory, go go back down. But you ought to break that cycle somewhere in your life by resisting the enemy and becoming aware of how he has been taking you down and apply the Word of God. How many know the Word of God is powerful? The Word of God will work in your life. Amen. And so take that word of God and apply it to that area, that situation in your life and say, by God's grace, I'm going to resist this thing and God is going to sustain me. Amen. Some would just say, well, I'll just stay away from the enemy. But what you must understand is the enemy attacks in the same place that you feed. The enemy attacks in the same place that you get strength. You see, the place that you are weak in right now is the very place that God wants to bring strength out of and calls you to have ministry in that area. It is true. It is the enemy that has come to, to because he believes in you more than you believe in yourself. And like Joseph of old, he has to say, I've got to hit him while he is young. Because if I don't hit him now, he's going to get to a level and to a place that I'll not be able to stop him later. And so he begins to bombard Joseph so that he can stop him. But God kept raising him up. And I want you to know today that the place that you feel the weakest is the place that God will cause ministry to come out of. If you just apply the word of God to your life, he will transform you and empower you in that area. The enemy attacks in the same place that you feed. You know, 
every once in a while, I watch uh, these sport hunting and fishing on TV. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> but I, I'll watch it, and I'll just wish that someday. But anyways, I was watching, and they were flying in, I believe in Alaska, and they were flying in, and they were going uh, salmon fishing. And so whenever they got in that little plane, and they started flying around, the uh, pilot tells those others that were with him, as he goes down, he said, start looking for the bears. They'll tell us where the fish are. Right? Because they understood that even though there was a greater than they were, that is where the bears would feed is what they were looking for, the fish. And so I want to tell you today that you cannot just say, well, I'm just going to leave the enemy alone and he'll leave me alone. I want to tell you the enemy's not playing a game. He wants to take you out. And it doesn't matter if you stand for God or not. If you, don't, if you choose not to stand for God, at the end of the day, He will laugh at you and mock you into the regions of hell for eternity. But when you stay, take a stand against Him, the greater one in you is going to give you the power to overcome your enemy. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so what I want to say is that whenever you go into the, these places of, of feeding, this place where the enemy rages, you've just got to be prepared and not be ignorant. I was hunting one time in uh, Greenbrier County, Monroe, yeah, Greenbrier County. And I was up there deer hunting, bow hunting, and uh, I was ignorant about the fact that there were so many bears in the area at that time. And so I was just out there in my tree stand, and, and I, long story short, I've been hearing these turkeys come by all day long. They was rustling the leaves and carrying on, and so uh, here they come again, so I thought, and uh, heard these leaves, and I didn't pay no attention. I just sat in there in my stand, and in and, and from behind me, I, I catch out of my peripheral vision something it, it was bigger than a turkey. It was it was darker than a turkey. In fact, it was solid black. And I and I look and I see that it's here now, nearly to where I am, and and it comes up and it's about a 350-pound bear. And I say, okay, I'll you know he'll pass on by, and. Uh, don't you know, he didn't pass on by. He walked up to where my ladder stand was, and he looked up. <laughs> when he looked up, I tried. I knew, you know, I didn't have no tag or nothing like that, but I said, the devil is a liar. And I, I was trying to pull my bow back. <laughs> and he was so close that I couldn't even get the draw back to where he was at. And, and then he did something I wasn't expecting. He... he he just kept on looking up there, and then he put that paw up on that stand. And I thought to myself, you might have got me this time, but if I come back here again, I'm going to have more than a bow and a stick. I'm going to have something for you, baby. And, and as a result, 
Now, whenever I go bow hunting, especially in that area, I don't go with just a bow and a stick. I go something with something else just to, just to help me out, give me some confidence. Now, what are you saying? I'm telling you that, that when you go into enemy-held territory and you go into a place where the enemy is, you need to equip yourself. Don't go in. You can go into some places ignorant, but whenever you know the enemy is there, when you know that there is something greater than you there, you need to equip yourself, amen, to be able to war against that enemy. Praise God. You see, you, you will fall prey to your enemy if you are unprepared, but you must get more prepared for what is ahead of us. You must prepare yourself. God has given us weapons. Weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. The weapon of prayer. Don't ever underestimate the power of prayer. Amen. Because I can tell you, you know, I can go through it theologically and tell you all of this and that, and, but I really can't explain to you how it works. But I do know this, that whenever I get into that place and I begin to call on the God that I cannot see, the God that can, I cannot see, I begin to feel. And when I begin to feel Him as I call on His name and I return to Him His words concerning my situation, something begins to happen in the realm of the Spirit. And by faith I hold on to that and before long what I feel in the Spirit manifests in the flesh and those things Things that are not become so because God is on our side and has given us the power of prayer. Amen. So I want to tell you today to not give up praying for those lost loved ones. Don't give up praying for your family members that are sick. Don't give up praying and believing God for direction and for purpose for your life because it is the power of prayer that is going to keep your enemy at bay. Hallelujah. He gives us the weapon of His Word. The Bible said it's quicker and sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts to the mire of the bone. Amen. The Word of God becomes a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. The Word of God, amen, when you begin to operate and speak in that Word and take that Word, that it's not just a historical book, but it is a living Word. Come on, somebody. It is a living word, and it's just as alive today as it was the day that it was spoken by God. Amen. It still has life in it. That's the reason why that the grass still grows is because there's life in the Word of God. That's the reason why the sun still shines is because there's life in the Word of God. And if you will take that Word and apply it to your life and begin to speak it by faith, that Word will cause resurrection power to come. That Word will cause dead things to come to life. That Word will cause joy to come where sorrow has been. That Word will be a sword against your enemy that will destroy the yoke and remove the burden and cause life to come back to you again. Hallelujah. Come on and give him praise today. He also gave us the power of agreement. Do you know there's some things in your life that you will not be able to conquer yourself? There are some things that you will deal with that you can conquer by yourself. But there are other things that you're going to need a little somebody to help you with. And that's the reason why he said, where two or three of you shall agree 
right? Come in harmony in and believe in it. He said it shall be done for you. That's the reason you need a prayer partner. If you're married, it needs to be your husband or your wife. If, you, if you're not married or you don't have a, a, a companion that is in relationship with God, then you need to get someone your same gender as you and, and get into a relationship of agreement. Agree for one another's children. Agree for one another's relationships. Agree for the, the, for the uh, fulfillment of God's destiny and purpose over their lives. But uh, hold on to that power of agreement because as long as you're walking together, two really are better than one. Huh? And as long as you're going into uh, enemy resistant or invested territory, you need to have somebody else going with you. I've probably told the story before. I can't remember, but you know, Dad and I used to coon hunt a lot up in Ohio, and and he would in the in Ohio there's swamps, and he would tell me he would say, "Now, you know, I can't carry you through this swamp, so you just stay right here, and I'll be back." Because the coons they don't follow any certain direction; they just go where they want to go, and the dogs follow them. You see. Talking about a lot of hunting scenarios today, right? Uh, and so he'd tell me, you just stay right here. Yeah, it was easy for him. He had the light and he had the gun. And as long as Dad and I were together, I was bold. Because I knew if anything was going to get to me, it had to go through Dad first. Because Dad's going to be my protector. But now my protector's the light's fading and he's on over there and here I am and all of a sudden I hear things that I didn't hear before. I hear things in the trees. I hear things rustling in behind me and I'm looking around and, and you know, on my knees I ain't so bold anymore and, and I'm, I'm worried and I'm fretful because I'm there by myself. You know, whenever you get into a place where the enemy is resistance, you don't want to be alone. You want to have somebody to agree with you. Amen. Because whenever I'd see my dad come back across that swamp and I'd start seeing that light get closer, I'd dust myself off. I'd hold my legs together so they quit shaking. I'd act like I was big and bad. And I'd say, all right, come on out of there now. Come on, show yourself. Because I knew that I had somebody coming to help me. Come on, somebody. I want to tell you today that you don't have to go it alone. That's the reason why that we have life groups, and life groups are so important. You don't have to do life alone, but you need to connect with one another. You need to encourage one another in the Lord and know that you don't have to be in the battle by yourself, but God will give you others to join with you, and you can overcome. Amen? I'm glad to know that in lion-fested territory that greater is he that is in me than the world that is against me. Amen? And the second thing that I want to tell you today is lions feed where the fire goes out. Lions feed where the fire goes out. I heard a story of <clears throat> some bird watchers that went to Africa and how that they went there and they was, you know, watching the birds and the guide was with them. And, and after a few days of his guidance and direction and showing them, they, they decided that they wanted to go on their own 
and do their own thing. And, and, and so he gave them specific instructions. He said, all right, but he said, you're going into lion-infested territory. He said, so it's important that you take shifts and one of you sleep and one of you stay awake. And he said, you'll be fine as long as the fire don't go out. But on one of their shifts, one of them that was supposed to be staying awake would fall asleep. The fire would go down. And the story was told. This lady tells the story and says that said she woke to this female lion having her husband's head in its mouth. And she would run to her own rescue, but her husband would lose his life. You see, you've got to make sure that your fire doesn't go out. You've got to understand that when the fire of God goes out in your life, that the enemy is going to be prey. You're going to be prey to the enemy. Oh, you can come to church and sing the songs. You can come to church and go through the, the life groups and go through the process and go through all the rigors of religion. But if the fire of God is not burning in your life, you may, you may get past me. You may get past your brother, your sister. You, you may fool some people in the church. But I want to tell you that the one that you, you, that you need to fool, you can't fool. Because it's your enemy that knows when the fire of God has gone dim in your life. It is the enemy that knows whenever you no longer have that passion that you once had that you no longer have that desire for the things of God that you used to have, that you used to be like David and say, as the deer pants after the water's brook, I've got to have the presence of God. I'm hungry for His presence. I'm hungry for His anointing. I'm hungry for His Holy Spirit in my life. Amen. And whenever we come to a place where that we no longer desire the Word, no longer desire to worship God, no longer desire, I'm telling you, the fire of God has gone out and the enemy is going to come and you're going to be easy prey. When you're empty and void of no word to speak, when you're empty and void and no joy to take a stand, when you're empty and void and the fire has gone dim in your life, there is nothing to resist the enemy that has come against you. But I've come this morning to encourage somebody. I haven't come to point fingers because we've all been there. But I've come by the anointing of the Holy Spirit to tell somebody to stir up the gift of God that is in you, to rekindle the flames of His Holy Spirit and His passion in your life. You don't have to be prayed to the enemy. You don't have to be another casualty of war. But you can make it, baby. You can make it. You can make it if you'll only hold on to God and rekindle those flames. It may just be some embers of yesterday's blessing. But if you'll rekindle that flame and stir it up this morning, God's Holy Spirit will come upon your life and He will empower you because He wants you to have victory and not defeat. He wants you to prosper and be blessed. He wants the best for your life. He's a good God and He wants you blessed today. Hallelujah. Let me ask you the question this morning. Has the fire gone out? Are you still excited about the things of God? Are you still passionate and love when you can get in his word and he begins to speak to you. 
I love preaching. I'd rather preach than eat. And that's pretty good. Amen. But you know what, Brother Larry? The best times of my life is when I get all by myself. Get into his word. And he starts telling me things. He starts showing me things. I said, God, you're so good to me. Don't even deserve it, but you're showing me revelation and you're showing me yourself and, and you, you, you're helping me to have this intimate relationship with you. I'm telling you, those are the best times of my life. It's not standing on a stage somewhere, but it's about having an intimate relationship with a real living God that loves me so much that he took time out to come down and talk to little old Brian and say, let me show you something in my word that's going to help you through life. <laughs> let me show you something so your fire don't go out. Let me show you something to keep that passion in your heart. And it's a saying, I don't even remember where I found it at or heard it, but I've said it for years. And that is this, keep a yes on your altar and the fire of God will never go out. Keep a yes on your altar and the fire of God will never go out. Well, what's the question, Pastor? It don't matter what the question is. The answer is yes. And if you keep a yes on your altar, God comes. He says, I want to show you something. You say, yes, Lord. He says, I need to deal with this over here. And you say, yes, Lord. He says, this needs to go. It's not that it's sin, but it's stopping progress. Yes, Lord. Keep a yes on your altar and the fire of God will never go out. But too many people are falling prey in this day. We're too flippant about our relationship with Christ. It's though we're just going through life haphazardly, not understanding the times and the seasons that we are now in. But I'm telling you today, my brothers and sisters, that we are in a time of warfare like never before. The enemy is raging on every hand. And I want to encourage you today, number one, to keep the fire of God ablaze in your heart. And number two, whenever you are invest, invested territory, Understand that you don't be ignorant of the enemy's devices. But they hold true to the word of God. I know this is a simple message today. But I believe it's from the heart of God. And I believe there are many here in this place this morning that if you're honest with yourself, you would say, Pastor Brian, you know what? I have been flipping with that relationship. I've not been praying like I should, not been reading. It, it, it isn't about religious ceremony, but it's about a relationship. And, and, and I haven't been hungry for the word. And I haven't been in a time of prayer and seeking his face. That fire is not there like it used to be. But I want it to be. I don't want to be easy prey to the enemy. If the enemy takes me down, I want him to know he's been in a fight. Did you hear me? If he gets to me, I want him to know he's had a day. Because I'm not going down easy. 
And I'm not giving up what God has given me lightly. But I'm going to stand steadfast in this place. And if you want to take it, you're going to have to fight me. You're going to have to go through the word. You're going to have to go through the promises of God. You're going to have to go through the blood of Jesus. You're going to have to, you're going to have a, you're going to have a fight on your hands. Because I'm not just going about to give up what God has given me. Amen. Stand with me this morning. my best to articulate what God has put in my heart for today. Now it's up to you to respond. Years ago, I got frustrated whenever people wouldn't respond to the preaching. I knew that I'd have a word from the Lord, and I'd get frustrated as a young preacher. God spoke to me one night in my frustration, and he said, it's not your job to make people respond. It's your job to give them opportunity to respond. It took a burden off of me, but I feel like in this house today that I have a word from heaven. And I I don't want to see another casualty. I don't want to see another carcass spiritually by the wayside that this roaring lion has devoured and taken out. But as pastor, it's my responsibility to watch over you, the sheep. And I bring your word today to tell you, don't allow pride to stop you. I don't care if you're your leader in this church or nobody knows your name today. Don't allow pride to stop you. If the fire of God has grown dim in your heart, If you've become flippant in your relationship and you just need to encourage yourself in the Lord and get back in the place He desires for you, that's the the call today. That's the call today. Nobody's going to be here to laugh at you or point fingers. We're the family of God. And all of us have been there sometime or another. Don't you stand there and lie. We've all been there sometime or another. But thank God for God's grace. Thank God for his mercy that he's always drawn us back. Gave us a word in season. Said, come on, we can make it together. I just want to join with you together today, wherever you are, and say, come on, we can make it. Let's join up together. Let's pray together. Let's seek God together. Let's believe God for what he has in your life today. If this word is rung resident in your heart, you say, yes, pastor, it's for me today. Now, as our sister sings this morning, I just want you to come. Find your place to pray here today. Allow God to minister to you. The fire of God will grow bright again this morning. In the name of Jesus, come on. Here.